Yep. So we're sitting there at dinner, and we're cleaning up, and I see this playbill from the audience, the, the play, the audience, mm-hmm. and it is signed. And I'm like, someone left a signed playbill. And you know who signed that playbill? Helen mm-hmm. Marin. So I have a playbill from the audience <laughs> from April 2015, before That's she wins amazing. this Tony. With her signature on it, and I refuse to put it up. I do have it, but I refuse to put it up on my wall because it's not a show I've seen. Right. But I yeah. felt like the whole night I was like, I hope someone isn't crying over losing this, but also, <laughs> wow, that yeah. I have this. And welcome to episode 27 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your child's summer camp production of Madagascar, a musical adventure junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To find out more about the Theater Nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing a Tony's Rewind. Alright, Rachel, let's talk about all things Tony Awards. Yeah. I feel like it's been a hot minute since we've talked about the Tonys. I do feel that way. Yeah. I feel yeah. that way. It feels like yeah. it's been months, and maybe it yeah. has. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm excited. This was a this this Tony Awards we're talking about, you guys will you know, you guys will see. It's a it's a hot yeah. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's tell the listeners what a Tony Rewind is. Absolutely. If you guys are just joining us for the first time, um, our Theater Nerds Tony's Rewind is where we look back at the Tony Awards show uh, that specific of that specific year. We reflect. We do some introspection. We look in a mirror. We say... <laughs> Hmm, did they get it right that year? Did they get it right in 2015? We'll have to see. Uh, And Rachel, time will tell. Rachel, why don't you tell the good listeners out there what the Tony Awards are, just in case they're not aware of it? Of course. Um, If you don't know what the Tony Awards are, welcome. It's basically like the Super Bowl, but for theater, except there are so many teams competing for a variety of awards. And it celebrates all of the shows that have occurred before the award show goes on. So from 2014 into 2015, which I know is weird. It's kind of like an academic year. (laughs) Um, The awards were founded by theater producer and director Brock Pemberton and were named after Antoinette or Tony Perry, an actress, producer, and theater director who was the co-founder and secretary of the American Theater Wing. And the first Tony Awards was held on April 6th, 1947. Yeah. 
so long ago. We can't even remember. I bet you there's not even video of it. Probably not. So what 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 Tony Awards are we talking about this year, Taylor, yes. or this well, first year? Of all, this while time, while we were talking about it, I was like, I wonder if there is a musical there should be about Antoinette Tony Perry. Oh, true. That would be kind of cool. This is good. We should look yeah. that up. I don't know, know actually. I don't know. That would be kind of cool. It the founder cool. of the Tony Awards, the the namesake to win a Tony Award. That would be kind of cool. Honestly, Inception. Yeah. Cool. I like Showception. It. Uh, this year, that today, we are talking about the 69th Annual Tony Awards, which were held on June 7th, 2015. Um, they recognized the achievement in Broadway productions, <laughs> 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, the ceremony, of course, was held at Radio City Music Hall, where it mostly is. Um, some, uh, some of the show, Tony's Rewind, we've done, it's been held at Broadway theaters, but I think for the most part, they try and have them have it at Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. And it was hosted by none other than Christian Chenoweth and Alan Cumming, which was such a delight. Incredible. It was yeah. such a delight. <laughs> such yeah, a delight. Absolutely. I feel like that's, maybe that's a, little bit of, a little bit of us in, in the hosts. <laughs> I just maybe, I, can, maybe can we talk Alan about the host? Maybe <laughs> yes, you're Alan yes, coming and, and you're I'm Christian Chenoweth. Yeah, yeah. Wait, can we just talk about the host for a quick second? So yeah, I believe yeah. that last the year before this, the 2014 Tony Awards mm-hmm. were hosted by Neil Patrick Harris. We're Is that correct? By Neil Patrick Harris. Okay, yes. great. So and at he, one I point, he won a Tony Award that year. For, <laughs> For um, an, Hedwig. An Emmy. For Hedwig. Oh, no, Tony. Okay, yes. He won for, a Tony yes. for Hedwig that year, I believe. That's amazing. So he, he, okay, he's a whole different caliber of host. It's very yeah. different. Yeah. But he ends up presenting one of the awards during this show, during the 2015 show, and kind of jokes about himself being a terrible host from right. the previous year, yeah. which I found was really funny. But here's why I think that Kristen and Alan are so great. Because almost all of the jokes were somehow about them. Yeah. Like, I, it was, I actually have no idea. I, I, I wasn't thinking at all about what was the political, like, scenario happening mm-hmm. on Broadway. No, I, I heard no acceptance speeches talking about politics. And there were no real jokes outside of one joke at the very beginning about Harvey Weinstein, who's sitting in the audience and is a producer right. on Finding Neverland. So yes. just we're noting that for everyone yes. we know that that's something that has happened in this Tony Awards. Well, but also outside, they make a joke about him at the end, too. Larry oh, David true. Makes a at joke the very end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But so they bookend it. They bookend it. They bookend with Harvey Weinstein, which is never great. That's just it's just not great. No. It wasn't. Time did not look fondly on oh, this. God, on those it jokes. was terrible. <laughs> yeah. But I will say my favorite part was just they committed to the bit so well. The two of them, Alan and Kristen, so very well. It's clear that they like each other. That they have mm-hmm. a great working relationship. Yep. But also, like, the butt of the joke most of the time was, like, about them or about the musical theater things that were currently happening. Yeah. So every time that a show had performed, they would tag it, like, to outro into a um, commercial with the show's number, yeah. with different lyrics. I mean, just yeah. the audacity was it's, amazing. It's amazing, yeah. And I just I really wanna, liked them. 
I, like I do want to say the 2014 Tonys were actually hosted by Hugh Jackman, oh, and then okay. the 2013 Tonys were Thank hosted you. by Neil Patrick Harris. Thank you. But Thank um, you. Neil Patrick did win his Tony for Hedwig in 2014. So, um, just wanted to make sure we got that Thank correct. Um, I yeah. do want to say right off the bat, my one of my favorite bits in the entire <laughs> show was the E.T. Yeah, <laughs> the ET this is bit. the best part. This, this is, is the best part. Okay, literally tell, Taylor. the best. <laughs> tell them what so, happened, Taylor. Tell them. So I believe it's it's after the Fun Home performance, Yes, right? that's what it's I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, okay, so Fun Home performs. They're a musical that's performs. nominated for Best Musical, Original yes. Musical. Okay, yes. go ahead. And one of the musicals. And Alan Cumming comes, I think he's he's in like a red suit or Bright something. Bright red suit. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. I again Beautiful. the costumes were amazing. The the scene you know, the the not costume changes, but the um outfit yeah. changes were amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um and then <laughs> freaking Christian Chenoweth comes out and we'll we'll post a you know, maybe we'll post a picture with this episode. It comes out in a freaking E.T. costume. Like, and it looks, and it's like way big. It's like a, literally a human size E.T. Like, but it's also. Like, Christian she's in General the whole size. thing. Like, yeah, she's in. Yeah. But the head is enormous. And then Alan Cumming goes, <laughs> it's so funny. He goes, Kristen, I said, fun home. And what I love about it is they didn't say, they didn't say phone home. They just said fun. They just, that was the joke. Was fun home. So they, they, it was really, it was really a smart joke because they didn't, the audience, like we all know what they're referencing. They didn't have mm-hmm. to reference it again. So, yeah. oh my gosh. It was, and, and then so Kristen takes off, off her head. Yeah. yeah. She takes the head. Yeah. She takes the head off and she just like looks like, ugh, and then walks away. She goes, my bad. Yeah. The, see, oh they were gosh. so funny the whole time. Yeah. Like something rotten performed and they're in the, they're in the chorus line tagged performance of that. So they're mm-hmm. literally in something rotten costumes. Yep. Chorus line yep. costumes and or chorus member costumes. And at the very end, I just like the, yeah. it was yeah. the show was and then so the King well and I, done. The King and I moment that they had with Alan <laughs> yes. coming in the big dress. In the dress. Christian Channel with underneath the dress. That's the, my. Yes. The, my favorite part cap. is. Yeah. A lot of the time we hear that music, that Tony Awards are not funny for people who don't know the theater. Like, mm-hmm. not just like theater this year, but theater in general. But ev- almost every joke was either about Kristen and Alan and their ridiculousness or about the show. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. They had a long list of people they decided they would yeah. name that they slept with. But right, like, or about the show that you just saw perform. So, like, you can be in on the joke enough because you just saw it happen yeah. in front of you. And yeah. I, like, that, it just was so good, and their banter was great. I will say that's probably the reason, that plus some other things, is the reason why this show is two and a half hours yeah. without even all of the speeches from, like, scenic design and costume design yeah. winners. It was so really, long. It's there a really so many long bits. show. Yeah, I just split it up into two parts. <laughs> I watched part it one last part. night. He had a wicked movie. It. it. He yeah. had to do part I one. Did. Part two. Oh my gosh! You're so right. I I stopped it. You know. We'll see. I'll I'll have to wait a whole year to watch the second part. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's amazing. Um. Yeah. And we were talking about this before recording. That yeah. It's so. It's such a long show. And like I feel like other. We feel like other ones have been shorter. And I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. I also felt. I I still feel like the whole like. 
I get that that's an award show thing, but like coming out and just reading from the teleprompter, it just like gets so monotonous at a certain point. And so when people would like mix it up and it felt like, even if they were reading it, they felt, it felt like they were like doing something fresh. Like even, even though it was the very end, like Larry David and Jason Alexander, oh my like God. obviously they were reading off of something, but you couldn't tell they were reading off of something. That was the thing. Yeah. There was, so there was, was really a lot great. there. I think this was one and, and maybe it's because most recently we besides the, the current tony awards but the most recent one we watched was older this was mm-hmm. staged really well the actual tony awards staging was really yeah. well done yeah. um and i the memor in memoriam was also very long i was like we sang a so whole two verses long. before yeah. any pictures scrolled up on the screen um, but then there was a big chorus from all of the chorus members of all of the shows who have been performing mm. that day. So I thought that was cool. I just felt like it was really tastefully staged and felt like an entertaining place. Um, and I think this past Tony Awards didn't feel super entertaining. Um, yeah. Because it just was like, okay, let's get it on with. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. And I, I wonder, too, if the environment in which like we actually i actually knew nothing as i was thinking about watching the show Uh, obviously i lived through 2015 so i do know politically what it was like but the only thing that they mentioned at all like politically or economically was just how well broadway was doing like it was the highest grossing year that they had had in so long and that's it and i wonder if part of that part of leaving all the rest of the stuff behind to be entertained was actually helpful or made it more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe there just wasn't a lot to talk about because we we talk about the pros and cons of whether an award show, whether it's the Tony Awards or, you know, the Oscars or the whatever, um, Emmys, should be about the poli- – should be a platform for people to speak about the political space that we're currently in. And I'm not to say that I'm not going to be like 100% yes or 100% no. I do think that there are times when, especially like acceptance speeches and other things where it's it's important, like whatever they have to say, they won the award. They should be able to say it. Yeah, I agree. It is harder when the entire award show feels like we're just watching this as a political space um, in juxtaposition to, you know, other platforms that might exist. And I just like that this, it just felt super entertaining. Yeah. It doesn't and I feel liked that. as much, it doesn't feel as much as like an escape when they do like political jokes, but I will say like. And I don't when, know, is it when, supposed to be, but right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, when political jokes are funny, then yeah. it's a little bit easier to be like, okay. But then when they're not, when they're just like digs at, but which I, I mean, I get, I mean like these by and large, you know entertainment spaces swing towards one way uh politically so they're gonna kind of make fun or dig at a certain you know certain political spaces but they're but also like it cannot be it, it's just not as fun sometimes when when that yeah. happens um regardless of the political side you stand on i feel like it just isn't as fun well and um, as we can see too right like Obviously, the Tony Awards that happened after 9-11 that we t- we have talked about, that right. overshadowed. But that was also talking about the community, the Broadway community, mm-hmm. talking about 
um, it was less political, I guess, and more like this is the state of the world and like how it's mm-hmm. impacted theater. Yeah. And I love that. I love when yeah. the state of the world impacts theater and we can talk about it. And I think that we should. I think there should be a space. But I also think there is a timelessness to the way that they crafted this Tony Awards, which I think was intentional. Um, And, like, all of the jokes are still funny, most Mm -hmm. of them, besides the Harvey Weinstein jokes. Yes. I will say, too, Christian Chenoweth and Alan Cummings' comedic style isn't really political anyway. No, it's not. I think they did what they do best. And And they joked about their previous roles. Right. Right, and that was refreshing and wonderful. And, it was great. And nice. I will say, too, so we haven't even mentioned it as well, Rachel and I definitely probably watched this together uh, yeah. in 2015, which is super fun. We were kind of reminiscing a little bit before kind of being like, oh, yeah, we probably did watch this together, which was fun. That's um, fun. After our first year of college. After our first year of college. Rachel has seen quite a few of the shows that we are going to talk about, which is super fun. I have seen... One of the shows that we're going to talk about. And then also, something I do, I just want to reference this. Every time I watch a Tony Awards, I'm kind of, like, baffled at how... So do they, like, make sets for the Tony the Awards? Because for people that don't know, what they... what the, the craziness of the performers in these shows, what they have to do. They do a rehearsal of the Tony Awards in the morning. And then they do a... Often they do a matinee show. And then they do the Tony Awards in the evening. Because it's a Sunday. Because it's a Sunday. Just so everyone knows. So there's one show on Sunday, and then they're dark on Monday. But yeah. Yes. But still, that is, it's crazy. So, and the day before, they did two shows. The day before and Friday. They did, so they've just, they've come off of five shows. Yeah. And so they were probably at some rehearsal as well for the Tony. So, yeah. I just, every time I watch it, I'm like, where do they get these? Because the sets look very, even like the on the 20th century, I'm like, these sets look exactly the same as the Broadway set. Would do they just remake the set? It's just, I, I'm always like, how does this happen? Well, and that's a really good point because when it's staged at another theater, like, has it been st- the St. James? That's not true. But it's been staged at other theaters, and I, for some reason, I'm just not thinking. The Beacon well, Theater was one the of Beacon them. The Beacon Theater, thank you. Yeah. But, um, the stage size of that theater is probably closer to the stage size of other theaters that yeah. they're performing in. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that feels easier. But when you're talking about Radio City Music Hall, that theater, the actual stage, is huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge, yeah. The wings, the flies, they're different sizes than what you would be doing at, say, you were at St. James if you were something rotten. So... <laughs> I, I, that's a really good point, Taylor, and I would yeah. assume that they're making new sets. I wonder if they bring any props over. Here's what I would be terrified of, costumes. But, yeah. because, but I guess you have a whole day before you have to perform again. But, like, what do you, do you just, after your matinee show, I you just pack up costume. your, you stay in your costume? You pack I up your costume? I think so, because I've. I think if you're a I've chorus person, you if you're a chorus person, you definitely do. But if you're nominated for a Tony, you gotta like you gotta shower. You have to That's go true. get your gown yeah. on. You have to walk yeah. the red carpet. Yeah. You have to walk the pre like you have to talk to people. So yeah. I just think that they're and yeah, I I'm sure. Well, imagine that, even like the year that like Wicket, like with Adina Menzel, like she had to get all green. And no, then, I truly cannot. Yeah. I just can't imagine. 
I probably <laughs> would be like, I am not going to perform a matinee today. That's probably what yeah. I would have said. Why don't they yeah. just go dark on sun- on Tony Sunday? I don't know. It is, yeah. it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's baffling. Well, the shows we're going to talk about this year that were not, the big shows that were nominated, when we're talking about plays, we're looking at um, the shows such like The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. We have Hand to God. We have uh, Wolf, Wolf Hall Parts 1 and 2 uh, and Disgraced. And then as far as musicals, we have Fun Home and American in Paris, Something Rotten and The Visit. And then other shows that they also talked about during the telecast were um, Finding Neverland, of course. It Should Have Been You. They vaguely did talk about The Last Ship because Sting came out and did that. Yeah. Know, talked about one of the shows and then there were other revivals we had Gigi um and then they didn't talk about sideshow at all which was sad um which was a revival this year um and then some other plays I believe they they showed a big like clip reel of all the plays so I Mm -hmm. think like Constellations was in there and the audience was in there um and stuff like that oh the elephant man of course and um you can't take it with you which was which was really fun. Yeah, and um, best revival of a play, the the cat the nominees were Skylight, The Elephant Man, This Is Our Youth, and You Can't Take It With You. And then yeah. for musicals, best revival was The King and I on the town on the twentieth century. On the twentieth century, yes. Right. So while we're kind of staying in this realm here, Rachel, what let's talk about the performances. Like we saw a lot of that was the other thing is that we saw a lot of performances. Yes. And I think that's why it was a longer ceremony. So what so what, what performance stuck out to you? What was your favorite? Yeah. So watched? if I'm not mistaken, let's just go over the performances so I can remember. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, we saw performances by Fun Home, mm-hmm. An American in Paris, yep. Something Rotten, The Visit, The King and I, On the Town, On the 20th Century, Gigi, Finding Neverland, and... It should have been well, you. It should have been you. And something... Did you say something wrong? Yeah, I already said something yeah, wrong. Yeah. So that's 10 performances. Ten. That is in... <laughs> and that doesn't even include yeah. the quick clips of, of plays. Yeah. That we saw. There were two plays. Wow, I didn't even plays. realize it was that many. That's There so were many. two... Yeah, and then we ended with Jersey Boys. LOL. But there were two plays that... Or two play times that we saw reels. So there was like a... Here's all the plays that have been produced in this season. And then when they talked about the nominees for Best Revival and Best Play, they then did like more detailed clips and an clips. overview. So yeah, we saw, I mean, nominated. so there was just so much, which once again, I think we should bring back the way that we talk about plays and the way that we yeah. showcase plays. I truly just miss this part. I feel we don't talk about them enough. We do not describe them enough in the broadcast that we mm-hmm. see. Yeah. So there's that. They um, feel very disconnected. From, yes. Super from disconnected. The, and then it's hard yeah. to like know if someone should have won or not. But right. here's the thing on the musicals that we saw. I have a, I'm just going to run through my quick thoughts. Number one. Vanessa Hudgens what? <laughs> not Ashley Tisdale literally <laughs> introducing Gigi. So that she could introduce Vanessa Hudgens. I love what? that the thing. I love that she said, "My best friend, Vanessa." I Hudgens. know. Like, I was like, everyone okay. didn't like. We had to know that. Okay. Here's the thing about Gigi. I don't 
know if I like this musical. I have int- I've never seen it fully staged, so I will caveat. But the song that they chose is a song that is to me so ridiculous. It has some good dancing, but like mm-hmm. it just isn't a good song. It like is yeah. not a song that captured the reality of what Gigi is. So I really mm-hmm. I struggled. Some other things that I felt like, eh, why did we have this? <laughs> okay. I love Chita Rivera. So that. She sang her heart out in the visit. She really did. Mm-hmm. But I just was like, there surely has to be a different staging, a different number. song, yeah. a number. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. we could have done. I yeah. just felt like, yeah. I just, it just, there was too many things. There were too many things. Okay. Mm-hmm. An American in Paris. Yeah. It was confusing. An American in Paris. Okay. This is, I wanted to ask Taylor how he felt about this because it's, the entire show is a ballet with some singing. Like, that's what the show is, right. basically. We right. kind of have two of those, but American in Paris is definitely the big one. And I think they did a great job, but it was so long (laughs) and i really struggle with this because i felt like it wasn't like none of us here signed up to see an american in paris like we want to see that it just i think that their their runtime was like 355 or like almost over four minutes and they didn't sing the whole time. I thought you meant the whole show was like three Sorry. hours and 55 minutes. No, no, no. I was no. Like, Sorry. What? The, the, the performance that they did. Yeah. And I just yeah. was like, there's no singing, really. I mean, there's yeah. some singing, but not a lot of singing. And then we transitioned. And that was just yeah. too many scenes, too many things. Yeah. I was confused. I was over it. I could have just done with the first part where they danced and they sang at yep. each other. And that would have been it. We don't need the chorus. We don't need the chorus. Mm-hmm. We didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I get it. And so here, so then, so then we transition into like my medium range. On the 20th century, I just couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. I really wanted to like it. Yeah. I remember choosing not to see the show. I just, I love Kristen. Andy Carl's also in the show, right? And yeah, the, he's great. the UPS guy. Yeah. Also, the person who plays in Groundhog Day, not to foreshadow anything. Yeah. But I just couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. It kind of felt a little, even like Christian Chenoweth, even though she's a Broadway darling, her and Vanessa Hudgens were kind of at this level of like proving themselves. Yes. Like, I, I, like, I'm here, like, accept me. Like, they wanted to be accepted. Like, both of them. Here's my thing with the, uh, the On the 20th Century. I'm pretty sure the, that's not just one song. That was two songs together. I loved the tap dancing at the beginning. That really reeled me in. But then there was no follow through. Like, we should have just yeah. had her sing the end part of the Babette. I just, it was just, I didn't love it. So then let's move forward to the things that I really loved and was like, wow. I did not think I was going to love it. The King and I. Wow. The performance, I felt I felt they did so good. They put three songs together. Beautiful. They did a really good job. They showcased yeah. all the people who were nominated for Tony's individually and then the whole cast. I felt it was so well done. And in my mind, 
the costumes, which, spoiler alert, they win. But the costumes, like, they needed to show all of those scenes so that you could see all of those costumes. And they did it really well. Kelly O'Hara can do absolutely nothing wrong. She was amazing. So I loved The King yeah. and I. I loved the On the Town. I, I thought they did really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Fun Home was really good. I think they chose that song because Sydney Lucas is nominated, and I think that they did a really good job. That's such a great song, and she yeah. does it so well. And then I really loved the Something Rotten. They were first. Yeah. Something yeah. Rotten was first. Yeah. Um, but they did a really it's- good... It's really easy to, like, showcasing Brian Darcy James is so great, and and Brad Oscar, and that that whole company, too. It's so great. And Um, it's such a good song. They did the musical song. Yeah. It's so fun. I, my favorite performance after, you know, listening to Rachel's thoughts about it. Sorry. Yeah, now tell me yours. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. My favorite one was actually, surprisingly, I think it was On the Town. I think On yes! the Town was my favorite one. Yeah. It was so, uh, first of all, uh, Tony Yazbek, is that his name? I just oh, want to make sure. Yes, was Tony so Yazbek. strong and so He's wonderful. So he did such a good job. And then I loved his, like, crowd work, like, all the thing he did in the yeah. stuff in the crowd. Um, and... That it wasn't it wasn't like cheesy crowd work. It was like wow, this is really fun. Yeah. Um, and then there's the dancing and the singing. It was so fun. It was really really good. Um, but I think second, I something I felt about and the reason why you know spoiler why the, the specific show won best musical that we're gonna talk about later. I feel like every almost every single show was like hey we're here we're Broadway like every single one was like. Ah, and then Fun Home, like, brings it down to, like, reality. And I feel like every, I feel like if I was, like, a Tony voter, I would be going to all these shows, like, oh, they're kind of all the same in a way. Not that they're all the same, but, like, they're all, like, very, these, like, show-stopping, like, things. And then Fun Home's very just, like, grounded and... Circle in the round, um, yeah. It's very different. And even even all of the performances, it was very different than... All of the other like the, the fun home has some like fun big numbers, but it's not going to be like a huge ensemble, like number show. So yeah, um, well, Taylor and I were kind of talking about this before recording. We were texting back and forth about fun home is a show number one you should see. Number two, it's so interesting because the narration of the show is done by the character who is like the present character in present time and she's narrating and you're seeing the life that she lived happen in kind of three mm-hmm. parts yep. and it's a small cast, but the same main character is the narrator and the main character in the, in the show that you're watching yeah. and in the singing and eventually, obviously, she transitions to, talk, like, her talking in, in real time. Yeah. So it's different than, say, having a character who is, like, the, the young version, and then there's an old version, and neither of them are the narrator, right? Like, yep. there's young Fiona, and there's old Fiona, or, you know, present-day Fiona, and, yep. but neither Fionas are the main narrator of Shrek. Yeah. Right? 
So it is just such an interesting concept to the show of how they wrote the show. It touches on such like interesting things about what it looks like to be like gay yourself and also homophobic and and like bring that on to your child who is also mm-hmm. potent- who is also gay and like is exploring that as a kid. They also, you know, they live in a in a house where it's a what is it? A a funeral home, right? Yeah, a funeral. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. you call it. Yeah. So a fun home. It just a fun. Yeah, it's very interesting, and yeah. the show is so well done and so well written. Yeah, but so it and is Rachel super has different. seen the show. You've seen the show twice, um, right? That's I've seen Fun Home twice, but never, yes. never on Broadway. Yeah. Never on Broadway. But I've I've never seen this show. Uh, I would love to have the opportunity to. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it is interesting that it's called Fun Home because it actually is a really kind of depressing show. It's really yeah. sad. It's yeah. a really sad show. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know 100%, but I've listened to the music and it's it's very kind of hauntingly beautiful. Um, I will say we can jump into some categories here too because we're kind of in that yeah, realm here. Yeah, let's do it. The the best book and the best score, of course, go to the same pers- people. But the best original score, music and lyrics written for the theater, we have John Kander and Fred Ebb for the visit, which is the f- last musical written by Kander and Ebb. Um, mm. You know, ri- written such hits as Cabaret in Chicago and stuff yeah. like that, which is pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, we have Wayne Kirkpatrick and Carrie Kirkpatrick for Something Rotten. We have Sting for Sting. The Last Ship, which The Last Ship, I believe, only lasted like <laughs> two months on Broadway or something like that. Like it did not last very long. And then winning, we have Janine Tesori and Lisa Cron for Fun Home, which is the first time an all-female team has won in this category which is really cool that's crazy first of all it's crazy it's 2015 like come on now but also it yeah it was just it's yeah it was great great to see them their acceptance speech was really cute yeah um and i believe the first woman to ever win best original score was in 2013 for Kinky Boots. Um, Isn't that crazy? Cindy Lauper. Yeah, yeah. Cindy Lauper was the first woman. Yeah. And then also we have Best Book of a Musical, which would be the almost the exact same nominees, but we have Terrence McNally for The Visit. R.I.P. We love Terrence McNally. Wow. Yeah. Um, Carrie, per- Carrie Kirkpatrick and John O'Farrell for Something Rotten. Craig Lucas for An American in Paris. And then Lisa Cron winning for Fun Home. Uh, I feel like you can kind of again you've seen the show so you can kind of speak to these a little bit more than I can but I mean I think this is this is hard this is hard yeah um I personally love the show I think it's like I said so well done but I've never seen the last ship I have some questions about the visit I wonder if I would like what happened why don't we talk about this? <laughs> like, what is the show about? Like, yeah, but like, why all... don't we talk about it? Like, major yeah. hitters wrote the show. Yeah. Why yeah. don't like? Why hasn't it been revived? Like, why have? Why is it not touring? Like, I just have some questions about about that. But yeah, an American yeah. in Paris, I think is great. I'm confused why it's nominated for best book, but that's but not, what it is. But not best score. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe that cuz it in right it wins best orchestrations, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So. But in American Paris actually won a lot of things. They won, let me see, I was looking at it. Choreography, of course. They won lighting design, orchestrations, and scenic design. So they won mm-hmm. four big uh, um, awards, which is pretty cool. Pretty I am. Great for them. I'm. I'm on the iffy side on, like, if On the Town versus American in Paris should have won the best choreography. Yeah. But, 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 I would say, I think that if something rotten, we've we've looked at, I have read some spicy takes, remember when we were talking about overrated shows and stuff last week, which everyone came at me. Don't come at me anymore. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> Don't come out to Rachel and uh, just, you know, you guys can DM me about it. It's fine. I also had spicy takes. Uh, oh, my goodness. But I would say, like, Fun Home and Something Rotten, in my mind, are in the same caliber. Like, yeah. both yeah. original kind of musicals, great scores, great mm-hmm. book. I mean, yeah. maybe the book, maybe I feel better about the best book of musical going to Fun Home. But the best original score, music and lyrics... Uh, is so hard mm, because mm. I really love something rotten. I think that it's hysterical. I think it's innovative. I think it plays on all the things that we love and hate about musicals. Mm. I think what the heck, like we're we're talking about the bla- like the plague, and it's a funny song. Like just yeah. things that are great. Um, and well, famously, um, Brian Doshi James has done this twice. He, when he um, got the role of Shrek, he left Next to Normal off Broadway to go yeah. do Shrek for Broadway. And then he left Hamilton off Broadway, being King Isn't that George, crazy? to go play in Something Rotten Isn't on that Broadway. Crazy? And you know what? I kind of respect it. He's he's doing, you know, lead leading roles versus, I mean, I guess the dad in, in Next to Normal is a leading role. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like Shrek. It's not like, you know, the title role. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just, this, this is hard. We'll come back to this when we talk about yeah. the musical, yeah. best musical. Yeah. I think in a different world, in a different year, it would, like, it, you know, if these two were separate, I can see them both winning, right? Yeah. If these were I different agree. years. Yeah. They were, in my mind, the two most competitive, at least for best original mm-hmm. music and lyrics and for best musical were those two, yeah. were, were yeah. Fun Home and Something Rotten. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I had the chance to see the original cast of Something Rotten Ugh, in, the f- in the front row. I, I went to the box office at 6 a.m. when I was in New York. Crazy. And I was like, hey, can I have some cheap tickets? And they were like, yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. That's exactly to, what they said. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got to meet the entire cast, Heidi Blickenstaff and Barbara James. Oh, and, my gosh. And Christian Borrell. And it was and it was a great experience. It's an incredibly hilarious show. It is so funny. So funny. And, um, especially um, uh, Brooks Ashmanskis, who plays Brother Jeremiah, um, is such an incredible part and so funny. So, was the woman really... from was Miss Jen from High School Musical the musical the series yes, in the original she cast? Is. She was. Kate. I did mm-hmm. see her. Yeah, she is. She was wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Rachel, how about you read us the best featured actor and actress in a musical? We can just run through those. Okay, great. Best performance by a featured actor in a musical: Max von Essen, An American in Paris. Brandon Uranowitz, yeah. uh, An American in Paris, Brad Oscar, Something Rotten, Andy Carl, On the 20th Century, 
and Christian Borrell, something rotten. Winning. With Christian as winning as <laughs> William Shakespeare. This the is bar. his second win. By the way, yeah. we talked about his first win. We we did the yep. Tony review yeah. uh, when he was uh, playing. Uh, in he was playing uh, Black Stash and Black Stash. Peter and yes. the Starcatcher, the Thank iconic you. Black Stash. So it's crazy to think he's only won at this point two Tony Awards. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, he's so cute. Uh, he's so great. I think he fully deserves this. Honestly, probably all of the people deserve this. Uh, but he it's really a deserves great it. category. It's a this great, is a great. It's got great people in it. Yeah, I will I say something kind of a fun little tidbit about this. So Christian Borel and Brandon Uranowitz go on to be in the revival of Falsettos. Christian Borel plays Marvin. Brandon um, plays Mendel. And then on the national tour of falsettos max van eason plays marvin on the national tour of that's crazy so three out of the five here go on to play in falsettos, falsettos. Which i think it's hilarious i love that so funny i love that mm-hmm. okay best performance by a featured actress in a musical are emily skeggs uh fun home sydney lucas also from fun home they're both uh allison characters mm-hmm. Judy Kahn from Fun Home, she's play, she plays Helen. Uh, Victoria Clark from Gigi. And Ruthie Ann Miles from The King and I. And Ruthie Ann Miles taking it. And, man, she was so cute. Her acceptance she was speech was so cute. I she think does she such was a really good job. surprised. I don't think no, she I don't, I don't she... think she thought to win. She yeah, was going to win. Yeah, yeah. People thought Sydney was going to win. Yes. yes. Um, people really thought she was going to win. Mm-hmm. But I... I think that what's great, and everyone should go and watch, um, there's a pro shot of of this King and I version from Lincoln Center, yeah. and it was on Amazon at one point. It was being shown for free during the middle of the pandemic. I'm sure you can find it, Broadway HD, somewhere. I will try and find a link for you, yeah. because it actually is so good. It is so mm. good. This show, The King and I, is potentially... A show similar to South Pacific where I'm like, should we have revived this show? Is it? This um, is what I was thinking during the show. Is it like white savory in a way? Or it, Okay, no? the hard part is... Um, okay. The hard part is, during the time in which it's set, this makes sense, right? There's this right. woman from England. This is like peak colonial time. And she is going to be an English teacher to the king's children. And mm. chaos ensues. It's similar to Sound of Music. They definitely put her to the test. But she ends up falling in love with the king. Spoiler alert. And I think there's maybe some, like, over romanticization of what life mm-hmm. might have actually looked like. Now, I will say everyone here is of a high status, right? Like even character played by Kelly O'Hara and her son, they come from England having it. She has an education and mm-hmm. she's British, so she has enough money. And then she's going into the castle where the king and his people live. And so they're clearly of status and money. Yeah. So I just don't know in reality, like how true, (laughs) how true to narrative this is. It does feel, it 
there are times when I'm like, I don't really know if this is over, what's the right word where you're like, um, fascinated with a kind of culture, you know, what am I saying? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The, like, yes, but I don't know what the phrase, the wording of it. <laughs> like, fetishes, fetishes, yeah. fet, yeah. how do you say fetishizing? Fetishization. Basically, I'm wondering, is this a fetish, fetish moment? Or is it like Rodgers and Hammerstein? I guess. Yeah, well, I said that earlier. Yeah, or is it like Rodgers and Hammerstein were two white people who didn't actually know what it was like. And we're writing right. it for a time period where we knew only what we knew. Uh, right. Because everything was written down by the British. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know, but I do it love is... the music and the costumes. Yeah. And, like, I think, you know, I grew up watching the movie VHS version, which definitely is, like, white people playing Asian characters. I'm like, that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, this is a also, better shout out to the animated movie in 1999 <laughs> yeah. i definitely remember watching that as a child so so but this is a better version i think of the show um it's still mm -hmm. a classic show it's still set in its ways but I, it just it was really I, in my mind for how this show could be done it was pretty well done in yeah. this version at lincoln center and i would recommend you watching it and it is based on the novel you collective it's the novel, based on the novel, um, Anna and the King of Siam, 1944, um, semi-fictionalized biographical novel. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It I do, interesting. I do say that I think, uh, I love the music so much. Yeah. As much as I loved Ruthie Ann Miles and her acceptance speech, I think she it really so would have been fun to see Sydney Lucas Sydney win Lucas. here. Sydney Lucas have should so have won. She carried yeah. that show. Yeah. She carried that show. She is the yeah. reason so many people. She, they gave her the entire song. You mm. know, M Michael yeah. and other people like um, Judy, they were all nominated and none of them sang a song on the Tony yeah. Awards. Yeah. She sang yeah. that song. And it's yeah, and it's a, and it's it's an incredible performance. Some I want to shout out because we're gonna move a, move a little bit quickly yeah, here sorry. too yes. is mm -hmm. um, best performance by a featured actress in a play. I just want to shout it out. Uh, oh, Annalie Ashford won for You Can't Take It With You, which was such a, probably my favorite acceptance speech. So funny, and so good. I just she's such a like class act, and I love that she's she's kind of like a musical theater performer, but then wins for a play performance which i think is amazing i love that and, and also similar is sarah styles who's in in yeah. that category with her who was yeah. nominated for her performance in hand to god sarah styles is also similar to annalee ashford like definitely mm. a musical person yeah. and i love that they're like both nominated in this play category both very funny fast talking bright women mm -hmm. and i just i love that yeah. Yay for Annalie yeah. Ashford. She's Hand so to God cute. is one of the plays that I would have loved to see. It looks so good and so yeah. interesting. And uh, yeah, I would see it in a heartbeat. Um, the best performance by leading actor and actress in a musical. These are really fun. We have in leading actress, we have Cheetah Rivera, of course, for The Visit. Amazing. Beth Malone for Fun Home. Um, Leanne Cope for An American in Paris. Christian Chenoweth for On the 20th Century and finally winning for her sixth mm. nomination, <laughs> it's crazy. The King and, um, Kelly O'Hara for The King and I, which is, 
I think it's it was definitely one of those things where it was overdue. Like she definitely could have won for like the light in the piazza or even the British oh of my Madi- gosh, even the British of Madison County um, or something like that. But I think it's incredible. She looked incredible. Her dress was beautiful, and yeah, um, yeah I loved her acceptance speech. Um, I really think what, yeah, I think that she deserved to win. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah, all of these women are great caliber of women right um but i was like i felt great about kelly winning that mm-hmm. yeah that Tony. i do too i do too all right sorry best performance um, by a leading and kristen, actor kristen and cheetah already have tony so it's fine yeah um best performance by a leading actor in a musical we have tony yazbeck and on the town honestly wouldn't have been upset if he won he um, should have won this is my <laughs> I'm taking that one. He should have won. Ken Watanabe for The King and I, Brian Darcy James for Something Rotten, Robert Fairchild for An American in Paris, and winning is Michael Service for Fun Home. I actually think Brian Darcy James should have won for yeah. Something Rotten. Here's my cause... thing. I think Michael did a great job, but I didn't see him in the show. Right. I did see Tony Asbeck. He was incredible. Also, Brian mm-hmm. Darcy James would have been great. Yeah. We talked about it on the show before. He's never won a Tony. He's a theater darling. I mean, he has been in the theater space for so long, and he's never won a Tony. I mean, maybe this year with Into the Woods, hopefully. Fingers Um, crossed. Yeah. But how great would that? And also, too, out of all the people, whenever they called the names, out of all the the cheers in the audience, Brian Darcy James got the most cheers. Well, it was so cute because clearly, clearly he and Kristen have a working relationship. Yeah. And so when she read out his name, like, they were just both smiling at each other. It was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. But, you know, Michael Service is, you know, he's very talented. He is talented. I mean, I, I, this this group is very talented. True. He's, they're very True. talented. Yeah. Um, I think we should just quickly do the leading and leading leading actor and actress because you've seen one of the shows and I think the other one is interesting. But go ahead and, and read those. Oh, two. yeah. Okay, great. So the best performance by a leading actress in a play, Ruth Wilson, Constellations, Carrie Mulligan, Starlight, Skylight, not Starlight, Skylight. Elizabeth Moss, The Heidi Chronicles, uh, Geneva Carr, Hand to God, and Helen Mirren, uh, The Audience, as Queen Elizabeth II. Okay, I have a quick quick thing here. Um, I'm sure Helen deserved to win, and I really love her, and shout out to National Treasure, too. But (laughs) I want to say, here's something funny. I was seeing... In April 2015, so before the Tony Awards, I went to Broadway mm-hmm. with my sister, at the, and at the time we saw Finding Neverland. So fun facts, I saw the original cast of Finding Neverland, which was not nominated for any any musical, yes. uh, any Tony Awards, but still had a Tony performance because Matthew Morris and also because of uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, well, yeah, Weinstein. that right. too. Yes. Okay, anyway. So, so, we saw that show. It was fine. It's good. I actually like the musical a lot. Mm-hmm. So, we'll put that in my own category. But, we were having dinner somewhere. And I'm a big playbill person. I like to keep my playbill. I want my playbill to be, like, nice and clean. Yep. I often will stage door, especially at this time in my life. I was definitely still stage dooring. 
Mm-hmm. And I am kind of obnoxious, but I'll only stage door. Here's my thing. I only stage door for a show I'll see. Okay. Or I have seen because some people will stage door, get that signed and, you know, sell it or whatever. I want it just to hang up on my wall. Yeah. Yep. So we're sitting there at dinner and we're cleaning up and I see this playbill from the audience, the, the play, the audience, mm-hmm. and it is signed. And I'm like, someone left a signed playbill. And you know who signed that playbill? Helen mm-hmm. Marin. So I have a playbill from the audience <laughs> from April 2015 before she That's wins amazing. this Tony with her signature on it. And I refuse to put it up. I do have it, but I refuse to put it up on my wall because it's not a show I've seen. Right. But I yeah. felt like the whole night I was like, I hope someone isn't crying over losing this, but also, <laughs> wow, that yeah. I have this. Hey, so that's if you're a listener fact. out there and you went and saw the audience and got Helen Mirren's, <laughs> uh, maybe it's Autograph yours. Autograph and yours. you were yeah. on 46th Street and 8th yeah. Avenue eating dinner. <laughs> Let me know. Yep. Yep. I will say it is kind of fun that um, Helen Mirren has played Queen Elizabeth II in the movie The Queen and also um, <laughs> this play The Audience and won an Oscar for playing her in The I Queen and won a Tony for playing her in this play The Audience. Just so funny. So. Also, I want to shout out, this is vaguely interesting and kind of weird, is that Peter Morgan wrote the screenplay for the play, for The, for the Queen, the movie The Queen, which is about the Queen. He wrote the play... <laughs> The audience, which is about the queen, and he is the creator of the crown. I didn't know this. Oh my god! So he's just he's obsessed the with scoop. the queen. He's just yeah. like I don't understand. He's just obsessed. And that, with would the we say commit to the bit? That's what we yeah. mean. <laughs> exactly. Peter Morgan, <laughs> like finished the assignment or whatever. Like, yeah, understood that's the right. Assignment. He understood yeah. the assignment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Best performance by a leading actor in a play. Bill Nye, Skylight, Ben Miles, Wolf Hall, Parts 1 and 2, Bradley Cooper, The Elephant Man, Stephen Stephen Boyer, Hand to God, Taking the Win, is Alex Sharp, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And he was so cute, once again. What a cutie pie. Yeah. So, Um, like, fresh and new. Like, he literally was like, I was in Juilliard a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, he graduated a year before this. This is he's, insane. He's so cute. Uh, I can't. He's just yeah. too cute. He's too cute yeah. for me. I saw Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime twice on Broadway. Amazing. But I did not ever see Alex Sharp. Oh, really? So oh, such a bummer. I, I know. So it won all these Tonys, and I had read the book, and my mom was like, we're going to go to Broadway, we're going we're gonna to go to New York, and we're going to go see this show. I really want to see it. And I was like, okay, I, I, I'll see it. And it was so good. Mom and I were both sobbing at the end. Mm, like, it just, mm. the, the way this show is written is so good. My mom's going to mm. come and leave me a voicemail later because she's going to be like, I wasn't crying. But she was. We were all crying <laughs> at the end of the show. It's so good. This First of all, the sound design, the set design, I cannot, did they win sound design? Because I feel like they didn't and I was so mad. It wasn't nominated for sound design, but it was. It was. It won all its awards except one. It won best play. It won best direction. It won best actor, lighting design, scenic design, um, but it didn't win best choreography. But it won. It won. You know. Won it should have. It should have won sound design. It was the it's best sound design six. I've ever yeah. ever experienced in my life in a play. Yeah. It was so good. The show mm-hmm. was so good. The acting was so good. I did not see Alex Sharp, but 
Then I loved it so much that my friend and I were planning to go to New York and I forced her to see the show as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you saw, so you saw Taylor Trench then? Both. I did. I saw, yeah. I saw Taylor Trench and I actually think the first time we went to see it, Alex was supposed to be in it and his understudy was there. Oh, okay. I just cannot express enough. There are mm-hmm. so many plays out there that are about, right, the queen or about like really strange things or that feel really weighty and heavy and um we talk about this a lot right how plays often feel more not educational but more um sophisticated maybe and they like put themselves in other category also just as an aside the majority of these people who are nominated in leading actor and actress are are british yeah so plays still have this very like lofty idea and for for this play which did start in the uk it just like it is family friendly enough it talks about like one person but it could be any of us it expresses and and discusses neurodiversity and autism in a way that like is Mm. so true to the narrative of the book but also so universal and and so compelling and it leaves you both like really sad and also really uplifted and like hopeful Mm. and it it doesn't require anything any intellectual ability any knowledge about anything in the state of the world politically otherwise you don't need to read the playbill to know the setting it just is so well done. You, anyone off the street can come in and see the show and be moved yeah. by it. And yeah, yeah like I, I would recommend if it's touring near you, if a local production is doing it, you should see it. It's so, mm. so good. Mm. And Alex that. Sharp, a thousand percent deserved, deserved this. And I will say mm. secondary, Bradley Cooper, who's playing in The Elephant yeah. Man, which is a revival. It's also a show about a person who has disabilities or neurodivergencies, but more like physical divergencies. And in a way that in some ways ostracizes him or others him. Mm-hmm. And we put him on, like in the show, you're put, he's on like a pedestal. It's kind of uh, circusy. And yeah. I just feel like I'm really glad that he didn't win. I'm really glad that that show didn't win because I think that we we need to rewrite a narrative of a show where like people like Alex Sharp actually Mm -hmm. win, um, Mm -hmm. where it's, it's not because we're, we're wanting to make a spectacle out of people who have different experiences. It's because Mm -hmm. we're coming there and we're learning something and we're being, we're being told from that person's perspective, what it's like. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's my, that's my soapbox. Okay. Um, we got best revival of a musical on the 20th century on the town on the both the on the and then <laughs> winning we have the king and I. Um, I think the only one. I mean, on the town, I think would have been fun, but I get the king and I is this big sprawling like Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Yeah. Where's the love for sideshow? I guess nowhere. Um, but <laughs> my thing, my thing is what's funny about this. I saw on the town, I saw it in previews. I saw it six days before it opened. Yeah. I check. I had to check with my mom. I really wanted to see this show and it was definitely like, I could tell all, a lot of other actors were in the audience, like just mm-hmm. standing ovations, lots of, lots of applause. It was really good. It was way better than I ever expected. It is also yeah. very dancey, very dancey. Yeah. But I was sitting next to 
the person, the the person Patrick Rich Rich, what's his name? Patrick Richwood, who plays Mr. Robitussin in The Princess Diaries, and that is who I sat next to over this performance. That's amazing. So That's I just amazing. need you to know. I I think that did the you King. Talk and to I, him? I did. I, I didn't. I just knew I knew him from somewhere, and I. I didn't say very much about. I just was asking him why he was here, and I can't remember what he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the king, I I think the king and I deserved a lot of its wins, but I prefer. I would have preferred if on the town had won mm. the best revival. I it just felt like same with on the twentieth century. They didn't get a lot of other love. Right. Yeah, I feel like all of these revivals, even like Gigi, it it like. All of them feel like just very general, basic revivals, and not they're not like doing anything new with them. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like retelling it in a different way, or something like Once on This Island that was so different, oh, or, so good. or um, even the Color Purple, which had some different things. Yeah, with it, like that's the fun thing. Or Spring, even the Spring Awakening revival, like the True. that's the fun thing about revivals is that you you can bring them back and do them like very differently. And I think these are just kind of blatant, like, just, I don't know, copy and paste, maybe. I don't, that's kind of the vibe I got, at least. But <laughs> Who's to say? I didn't see the originals. Who's to say? Who's to say? So. Um, lastly, we have the best uh, play, which uh, the nominations are Wolf Hall Parts 1 and 2, Hand to God, Disgraced, and then, of course, winning The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. We've already talked about it, but I... I out of these, I'm definitely happy that this won. And it's yeah. it's a big step even for, like, Marion Elliott, which is so fun. Yes. We saw one this year for Company. Yes. And it's it's really, it's really, really cool to see it. Like, all the other ones feel, maybe not Hand to God feels modern, but uh, all the other ones feel a little bit older than Curious feels very current. Hand to God was positioned to win. Yeah. Like, people thought it was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, I'm a, intrigued. I wonder if they'll revive Hand to God. It's a inter- very interesting concept. And it I would sounds love to great. Yeah. Love, Pup- love we, to see it. We, you know we love a puppet. We know, we know Rachel loves puppets. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have the best four musicals. We have The Visit. We have Something Rotten. We have An American in Paris. And Winning, we have Fun Home. Um which again, like like I've said, like I feel like all these shows are like these big flashy, like there's a lot of dancing in American in Paris. Something Rotten mm-hmm. is this like comedic like musical comedy, and The Visit is this like oh there's Cheetah Rivera coming back to Broadway, and then Fun Home is this very like grounded like musical about like this very serious topic, but also like um about like it also has like a message to it too so it it it, it yeah. means something it's not just this like something around this this fun musical comedy or an american paris is like a fun ballet dance show um so i think that's really interesting that they decided to choose it for that reason as well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think it's hard i mean we talk about this a lot where when you win best direction when you win best musical mu- when you mu- win best music and lyrics <laughs> original score when you win best book and you then you don't win best musical you're like what the heck yeah <laughs> yeah but i think yeah i think that this i i agree the the 
novelty of the way that this show is and was written and is performed and then just the killer cast and how small it is and how it's set Mm. up um, really position it to be a front runner or or it could have crashed and burned but right it just was it was so so good is so interesting too yes yes because shows that are in the round don't typically are popular yeah and even like when people when people perform like i've seen a local production of this like not a touring production or anything a local production and they also did it in a in a box theater Mm. um because they knew that's the kind of setting so i also think the intimacy of this story or the Mm -hmm. story requires the intimacy of the seating the way it is and and i really like that and so i mean It definitely deserved to win. I still feel sad that Something Rotten didn't win. I know. Um, but I also I think Something Rotten is the bigger name. Yeah. I think it's it, I mean, they both run name. for a long time. Fun Home, it closed September 10th, 2016. So it ran for, you know, a full year and a half. And then um, Something Rotten opened on april 22nd 2015 and it closed on january 1st 2017 so it had a little bit of a longer run so they both had pretty long runs though then it's toured a lot yeah something run it has yeah it would have been fun i again like we've talked about in any other year something rotten would have probably won yeah um and it's also not the year after but yeah that's true and something rotten's just just such a love letter even to to theater and to Broadway. It too. is. Oh, that's yeah. a great way to put it. Oh, yeah. that's so Ugh. sweet. Ugh. Well, Rachel, thank you for talking about these Tony Awards with me. Thank 69th you. Annual. So 2015. Fun. 2015. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. Ooh. So if this is your first time joining us, this is where this is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, how are we feeling? What have we done? What What are are we up to? And yeah, what are the vibes? And what theater character kind of has similar vibes or similar life experience? So that's where we are. Of the week. Of the week. Uh, Of our week. Oh, yeah. Not 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 for entire entire life. life. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole different podcast. uh, Check out our character on the week section on our website if you want to see who we feel like we are in real life. Um, we would also love to hear from your characters and also what you think of this 2015 Tony's Award. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week. You may get a shout out in a future episode. Um, Rachel, are you ready to hear who I am this week? I am indeed. Tell me we all actually, the things. We talked about this, this, this show a little bit before we started oh. recording. So mine oh. is a little bit like theater adjacent okay. a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a character from this show. So we were talking beforehand about High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> Season three out now. Season three out now on Disney Plus. Not a sponsor, but we would love for you to sponsor us. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm just feeling like this week I've actually been in such like 
theater vibes this week. Mm. I I watched that third that second episode of High School Musical, the musical, the series, and I was like, man, I'm just such in the theater vibes. So then I was like, what can I watch? So I decided to watch Les Mis, the movie, and I just felt the movie musical with Hugh Jackman, and it was so just like, ugh. It, even though it's a sad musical, it made my heart so happy because I really loved watching all the musical things. And then tonight, apropos to our 2015 Tony Awards, I am going <gasps> to see a local production of something rotten tonight oh, oh my god i know so just so much theater in my life i am feeling I like the character carlos rodriguez <laughs> in high school the musical the musical the series <laughs> and also because in the first episode of this new season not a super spoiler he references greta gerwig and he i does. just felt it in my I'm soul actually <laughs> obligated that's what he says I, I bet it's Greta Gerwig because I'm contractually, <laughs> contractually obligated, obligated to say. And I feel like I'm contractually obligated to love Greta Gerwig because she can do no wrong. And I'm just so excited for this Barbie movie. Anyway, so I'm feeling like Carlos from High School Musical, the musical, the series. I love him so much. Wow. So funny. That's incredible. <laughs> also, I want to hear how the musical goes. Uh, I'm so better excited. Better be texting me. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. We love We Carlos. talked about it. I talked about something rotten in our um, summer theater preview episode. Yes, you guys can you go did. back if you haven't listened to it. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to be going to see it. Good for you. Yeah. Aww, Supporting so fun. local theater. Support local theater. Um, <laughs> Rachel, amazing. who's your character this week? My character this week um, is inspired by a city I went to this past week. I Love was it. in Chicago all week. The Windy City. The Windy City. Because of the politics, guys. Did you know that it's named the Windy City because of politics and not because it's actually windy, that. although it's also wow. very windy? Mm. Yeah, that's my fun fact for you. Double meaning. Second, double meaning. Everything um, has also, layers. <laughs> layers. Also, speaking of layers, I was inspired because... News broke this week about who was going to star as this character uh, on on Broadway next. Whoa. And so I feel I maybe am not, but I am choosing this week to be Roxy Hart from Chicago. Yes, I love it. Angelica Ross from Pose is about to make her Broadway debut oh, as yes. Roxy Hart. So, so exciting. Shout out to that. Shout out to Chicago, that. both the city and the musical. And love that. Come on, we're gonna uh, pay the ten. And all, and all that jazz. Love it. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Um, oh if you guys God. would like to join in on our discussion <laughs> here on your character of the week or on the 2015 Tony Awards, check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Also, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bam, musical. <laughs> <laughs>